Hey folks, Bez here. This was already going to be a lengthy episode before the coronavirus pushed everything else out of the news and became the single most important topic of concern for everyone. We still do have many of those other stories for you, but some have been pushed back to next month and others will be in the news segment, which has been moved to the end of this episode. In an added effort to allow our listeners easier access to the information they seek quickly, There are new skip to time codes in the show notes for this podcast, which will allow you to skip ahead to the sections you want to hear most when listening to the episode on our website or app. These links may not be compatible with all podcast players or all devices. We hope you'll stick around and listen to the entire podcast, but we understand the desire for information on the topics that matter most. Thanks for listening. Hello, brothers and sisters. This is the Solidarity Podcast from Teamsters Local 769. I'm Brian Besbiati, but everybody calls me Bez. We have a lot of important information lined up for you in this episode, and we are going to break from our typical format and jump right into our first segment on the coronavirus. Stick around for some additional news and information at the back half of the episode, where you'll hear about legislative efforts on behalf of and against your union, as well as an update on Teamsters' efforts moving into the 2020 elections. We'll have information on a new technology here at Local 769 to streamline communications with our members, as well as how you can utilize this powerful member tool. Due to the cancellation of our recent general membership meeting, we'll have a lengthier news segment, so keep listening and be sure to spread the word about the show. All of our members need this information. We'd love to hear your feedback or questions, so reach out to us on social media, email us at podcast at teamsterslocal769.org, or call our Solidarity Podcast voicemail line at 786-456-7936, and we may even use your audio in the show. Your questions may be unique, or you may find that others would like to know the answer as well, so please submit them. We may have additional special episodes in the coming weeks to communicate urgent information to our members, so be sure to subscribe to the show. Enough details, let's get to our first segment. Clearly our biggest concern at the moment is the COVID-19 pandemic and its effects on our members. We are joined now by Teamsters Local 769 President and Principal Officer Josh Zivilich to talk more about that. How's it going, Josh? Doing fine, Brian. We're doing fine under the circumstances and hope everybody's staying safe out there. Can you tell us what the local has been dealing with up until now? So first and foremost, uh, the most important thing we want to see is that for those of our employers that are continuing their business under these circumstances, and obviously those are uh, what are considered essential employers, and we have quite a few of them in the local, we want to make sure if at all possible, that we're doing our part, that the working conditions that our members are exposed to are of the utmost safe working conditions. We've got nurses that are tending to the ill in hospitals. We've got first responders, paramedics and EMTs. We've got folks that work in the shipping and transportation industries, trucking support, the trucking itself. All of those folks, food delivery, all of those folks are considered essential at this point. And, you know, we just want to make sure that they're 
in a safe situation at work. It, there's confusion out there, obviously, with regard to what's essential and what's not. Right. And we're asking employers in the event that there are shutdowns, whether it be on a county level or if it's ultimately enacted by the governor and it's a statewide shutdown that employers provide to those employees that are considered essential, a letter that provides them with the ability to identify for law enforcement should they be stopped, you know, if they're, uh, they're out at a, at a time when they're perhaps pulled over and asked, hey, you know, what's your purpose? Where are you going? If they're not going to the grocery store, they're not going to the pharmacy, they're headed to work, they can provide a, hey, I work for such and such company. I'm considered an essential employee. Here's, here's the letter. Right. And we've been providing copies of those letters on our website. Let me just take a moment to give that link. You can visit www.teamsterslocal769.org slash COVID-19, where you will find a list of employers that have provided us with information specific to your job on the COVID-19 pandemic. These documents will also be listed under My Forms in our new smartphone app. Every member can download and register, and they will always have access to the latest documents and forms related to their specific job, but stick around We'll have more on that later in the episode. Yes, that's key. And and the app has been, uh, obviously, the timing of, of having the app up and running can be very helpful at this time. But we're obviously dealing with some very, very uh, devastating consequences to some of our other industries, right? So where we've got essential employees, uh, members that are considered essential uh, service providers, we also have members that are in industries largely supported by tourism, largely supported by the cruise line industry, the airline industry. We have direct members that are directly employed by airlines and the car rental industry, all of which are facing potential devastating effects economically. And so the stimulus package that's being considered by the federal government and also uh, perhaps measures by the state government to expand unemployment benefits, to provide sick leave in the event folks contract the coronavirus. All of those measures are extremely important. The economic stimulus, you know, we, we feel really needs to be to first go and, and address the needs of, of the laid off employee, the employee that perhaps suffers a reduction in hours. Right. Uh, as a result of, uh, of this pandemic. And, and of course, that leads to just a, a broader discussion. But that's uh, what we feel should be the primary goal of the first stimulus. And then as, as things shake out over the next couple of weeks, the next 30 days, hopefully this pandemic is, is somehow uh, we're alleviated of it in, in that type of a time frame. But, sure. you know, in, in the event that it's not, and it turns into something long-term, obviously some type of stimulus for industries that are most affected by this, we know, can uh, be very beneficial to our members that work in those industries and, and will, of course, be supportive of that. Right. And um, many of the industries have already begun to send letters requesting assistance. Sure. And we've already been, you know, we've, we're already supportive of those and will continue to be so. Mm-hmm. We just we just want to make sure that the, the little guy, uh, for lack of a better expression, the yeah. the uh, the the member that that is kind of you know getting by week by week is not taken care of first. Right. 
right? That's got to be our priority as their advocate. And because this pandemic is, you know, across the board, it's affected every industry. And while there are industries that have seen actually a slight boom in their their business volume due to people ordering things perhaps online yeah. or the grocery industry increasing their volume with regard to products that need to be on the shelves in the grocery stores as people, you know, are, are kind of doing some panic buying or, yeah. you know, just stocking up. We, we also have to be cognizant of the downside. You know, and, and the downside could uh, could be long term. It will at least a, a short term. We're already getting a lot of concerns from some of our long term members in those industries, primarily supported by tourism, as I said, that are that are that are concerned. And so we're we're working with them to make sure that you know, in the event that layoffs or furloughs take place that you know we're we're going to do everything we can to make sure that they're temporary. We're going to make sure that they're done you know, by the book to make sure that the seniority is honored right. of those, of those employees. That's, that's key at a time like this. And so many of our members through the years have been through economic downturns, but we have a, a, a large segment of our members, relatively new members that haven't experienced a significant economic downturn. Right. And that's, that's why provisions in your contract, such as seniority at a time of reduction in force or layoff, yeah. right? Different, different industries refer to them as different means, but it's basically a, a, a you know, reduction in staff. Right. That's why seniority is so important. It's, sure, it's important to move from one position to another or to bid schedules in a normal economic climate. Right. But when we're facing economic downturn, volume loss, no matter which industry that is, that's why it's important that employees know their seniority date and right. exercise their seniority appropriately. Yeah. Those are all things that we're right in the thick of right now. That affects who continues to work and the order at which people are brought back. Right, exactly. And so we're, we're doing our part to make sure that our members know that's something we're going to keep a keen eye on. We ask that our stewards keep an eye on that as well. And the other, the other piece to this is getting back to the safety and the safe workplace. Right. Our members are running into, myself included, you know, our, our staff included, uh, are running into problems with finding uh, cleaning supplies and, and things that are normally easily accessible in grocery stores or in, you know, uh, department stores. There's things that are missing that you would normally have. Yep. Hand sanitizer, all of those things. Many of our employers, okay, while we're prevailing upon them to provide those types of supplies in the workplace and demanding that they do so and to keep, you know, their facilities clean and sanitized to mitigate the amount of exposure our members may have, they're running into supply issues as well. Yeah. Hospitals are running into issues with uh, having an appropriate amount of masks and gloves and things of that nature. So if we were hearing it from one employer Perhaps that's just a poorly behaving employer that, you know, either isn't paying attention to this or isn't isn't giving it the appropriate level of concern that uh, that it deserves. Where we're hearing it from numerous employers, where they're running into, you know, issues in getting that supply. Right. The thought's got to be that there's some validity to that, and certainly it's a it's a nationwide, in fact, a worldwide supply shortage, and and so. 
hopefully as this goes on, we're, we're going to see relief in that regard. We're going to see the necessary supplies in all of our workplaces rather than just in most. But it is something I'm asking our, our business representatives, our business agents, to work closely with the stewards on and to monitor it. If we have particular job sites that perhaps sanitary conditions aren't being either observed or stressed by the employer and their custodial crew uh, or however they get their facilities cleaned. That's something that we're asking the business agents and the stewards to work hard and bringing it to management's attention to remedy that. Right. That's, that's the basics. So the long answer to your short question, what, what's going on with the local right now is we've got a lot going on between taking a look at making sure our employers are providing a safe workplace to what are the, the temporary effects with regard to staffing levels amongst our members on these jobs to what are the long-term economic ramifications for our members, and then what type of relief governmental entities may be providing, whether that's the state or federal government. Those are all things that we're concerned about. They're all things that we're working hard at, and uh, and we're going to continue to do so until we all get through this. Good. Well, that pretty much brings us up to speed on the challenges the local has been facing. What changes have been made, and how is our union functioning as of late? I hear there were some changes that went into effect today. Can you tell us a little bit more about those changes? What we're trying to do, uh, well, what we've done is effective yesterday afternoon, I put our office on, um, we're staggering the amount of staff that we have uh, in our building. We're certainly still answering phone calls. We're answering emails. In fact, any member or steward that needs to get in touch with their business agent you should absolutely be in touch, uh, you know, either by phone or email or both. But I have asked uh, our agents to not crowd the office. If they can work from home or work remote a day or two a week so that we're all not in the office at the same time, just from our own personal safety standpoint, as well as to be compliant with the CDC's guidelines. If people need to meet with their BAs, they're certainly welcome to do so, but we're asking that they contact their BA ahead of time to make an appointment. He or she can meet with that member directly. That's one thing we've put into place. And we're limiting the amount of folks in our lobby at any one time to observe the social or physical distancing, whichever expression we wish to use. We're trying to take this, we are taking this as serious as any other entity would. And and certainly uh, large gatherings of members is a part of our culture. Right. And we know we'll get we'll get back to a point where we can do that. But right now, the prudent thing to do is to is to not conduct meetings that have more than, say, five people at a time to certainly wipe down door handles and use hand sanitizer and sanitize work areas and tables and such that are utilized. So it, it, it's, it's a challenge. Did you want to uh, mention video conferencing with stewards and things like that or? We absolutely, you know, actually through your help, utilizing new areas of technology, including video conferencing for meetings with stewards. And I think we're going to see more and more of that over the coming weeks. So that's something that, that the steward should uh, should be prepared that rather than us gathering a, a group of 10 or 12 stewards, if there's a meeting, uh, we may just be doing it by video conferencing. We may find 
that is easier for all involved and certainly uh, will probably be something that's utilized more in the future regardless, even after this pandemic is over. It's something that you and I have have discussed making a priority over the last year and a half or two that we've been working to try to up our technology game. Speaking of technology, I wanted to put out another reminder. Folks should visit www.teamsterslocal769.org slash COVID-19 to find the latest information about the coronavirus and how it may affect their employment. I can't strongly recommend it enough. Every member should download our new app and register. In it, each member will find information specific on their industry and worksite location, from a digital copy of their contract to any special forms or notices related to their employment. All industries that have special documentation related to the COVID-19 pandemic will find those documents under their profile in the app. Looking ahead a bit now, what's to come? A lot of our members are working longer hours than normal. We have others that are getting the bare minimum and some that have already been uh, unfortunately notified of a layoff. Every single member, regardless of that status, should occasionally keep in touch with their steward uh, and or their business agent. If they're a member that unfortunately has, has temporarily experienced a furlough or a layoff, they obviously need to, to understand what their rights are under their collective bargaining agreement for recall right. when the business comes back. It, you know, Brian, I think I should mention something about, and by the time, like, let's say you get this out by the end of the week, right. by then for sure, the joint council will have issued a statement okay. about that we as an organization, the Joint Council, uh, Joint Council 75 will be making a recommendation and a press release urging the governor to put a stay in place order, basically a shutdown for the state of Florida. And the reason is that what we're trying to do is limit the amount of folks that our members that are considered essential have to come in contact with. Right. We certainly don't want to negatively affect the business, but There certainly are instances out there, we've all seen it on the news, where there's some irresponsible activity going on. There's folks that are out in the general public or in offices that have remained open that don't really need to remain open or or aren't essential. And if just from a statistical standpoint, if we can reduce how frequently our members that are out there and are interacting, and it lessens the chance that they get Exposed. this virus, then then we're doing we're doing right by our members. And that's why the organization unanimously decided at the joint council executive board level to recommend to the governor a stay in place order. Right. The other thing is I signed off on today with the state AFL CIO. We, along with several other local unions throughout the state, are urging the governor to provide an expansion of unemployment benefits in the state of Florida. Florida ranks dead last in several statistics when it comes to the level of benefit and the time in which a displaced or an unemployed worker can draw an unemployment benefit. And right now, that's just unacceptable. And so Local 769 has signed off on a letter that the state AFL-CIO will be sending to the governor to expand, uh, to urge the expansion of unemployment benefits, especially at at a time like this. Right. Good. And and the other thing we should probably include is that any specific questions that uh, the members have, they should direct them towards their business agent uh, or feel free to contact the Miami office at their convenience. Sure. 
As Josh said, for all urgent questions, our Miami office is open Monday through Friday from 8.30 to 4.30, and the number is 305-642-6255. Again, that's 305-642-6255. Members should reach out to their stewards and business agents for answers. Again, if you have any question that is less urgent, feel free to reach out to us on any of our social media platforms. Email questions to podcast at teamsterslocal769.org or you can leave the podcast a recorded question at 786-456-7936. If it's a question others would benefit from hearing the answer to, we may use it in an upcoming special episode. Thanks, Brian. Take it easy, pal. Talk to you later. Have a good day. Be safe. Take care. Bye. Yep. We'll be back after this to speak more about the app and some of its key benefits. Hey, Teamster members. Are you aware of all the benefits of your Teamster membership? Your Teamster privilege entitles you to members-only savings on everything from renting a car to sending a bouquet of flowers. All U.S. Teamster members and their immediate families are eligible to receive savings on legal services, entertainment discounts, car and truck rental discounts, credit counseling, flower and gift basket discounts, and interstate moving discounts. For more information on these and other benefits to your Teamster membership, visit teamsterslocal769.org solidarity and click on the benefits tab on the right side of the page. And now for some news. Teamsters Local 769 aren't alone in their monitoring of the effects of the coronavirus on employment. The International Brotherhood of Teamsters is closely monitoring the crisis as well. Working with other unions, public health officials, and experts in our safety and health department, the Teamsters Union is focused on providing our members and staff with the most up-to-date information and resources to help everyone during this difficult time. Visit the IBT COVID-19 website at www.teamster.org COVID-19 to find the latest information and safety measures to assist you in worker protection, including a checklist to help take steps to plan and protect the health and safety of your staff, colleagues, and family. This is an ongoing and very rapidly evolving situation, so these resources will be updated as needed. Thank you to all of our members who took action to attempt to stop Florida House Bill 1. Despite it passing in the House by a 63-52 to vote on March 4th, your hard work did not go unnoticed. Seven Republicans crossed party lines and voted against this anti-union legislation, which is an insult to public sector union members, by assuming they did not know what they were doing when they made the choice to become a union member. The right to join a labor union as well as that union's right to collectively bargain, are enshrined in Florida's Constitution. This bill seeks only to undermine those constitutional rights. More recently, the Florida Senate took up this legislation, and it died in government oversight and accountability. As of March 14th, it has been withdrawn from consideration. UPS Freight has been ordered to pay back wages to potentially thousands of its workers after an arbitrator ruled on March 11th that the company violated an extension agreement that was in place in 2018 before the national contract was ratified later that year. The case involves employees who were not at the top of the wage scale between August 1st and November 12, 2018, 
but who instead were in wage progressions. Estimates of back wages owed in the case exceed $2 million. The affected employees will receive back pay based on each employee's wage progression status and seniority date during the relevant time period. The specific awards will range between a few hundred dollars to upwards of $1,500. Teamsters Local 769 had boots on the ground in South Florida this past week to educate our members on the Florida primary election and the coming elections in the fall. There is so much at stake this election season, and it is absolutely imperative that we support candidates for public office who support the labor movement and union values not just at the federal level, but state and local offices as well. As we just explained about HB1 passing in the Florida House, union families are under attack, and few of our elected representatives are standing up for our rights. The PRO Act and the Butch Lewis pension reform legislation have passed the U.S. House of Representatives, but have been buried by the anti-union makeup of the current U.S. Senate. New legislation such as the End Outsourcing Act, introduced by Representative Mark Pocan of Wisconsin in the House and Senator Kirsten Gillibrand of New York in the Senate, would prevent employers from deducting expenses related to outsourcing attempts and encourage companies to bring back jobs to the U.S. This important legislation will likely suffer the same fate if we do not elect more pro-labor candidates to the House and Senate. Visit and bookmark www.teamstervote.com as a valuable resource and be sure to get registered to vote. We'll be back after this. This is Nelton Dones from UPS West Palm and you're listening to the Solidarity Podcast. All right. Welcome back. I just wanted to take a minute here and talk to you a little bit about the Teamsters Local 769 new smartphone app. One of the first things you'll have to do is download and install the app. It's available both in the Apple App Store and the Google Play Store. After installing, you will see a screen that says Log In or Register. Please make sure to click Register the first time you launch the app. During the registration process, you will be asked for your name, the last four digits of your social security number, a birth date. You will be asked to provide an email address and to create a password. When you submit this request, it will verify your membership status with the local union. All of your information is encrypted and secure. After the verification process, you will be sent a verification code to your email address. Copy this code or remember it. Enter the verification code and submit. Upon approval, you will receive a new form to fill out. I encourage you to fill out this form. It includes your address and other personal contact information. Once you're in the app, you'll be looking at the main menu, that is general information that applies to all union members in the main menu area. You'll find information about Local 769 under that section. Take note at the bottom of the page on the left side is a button that says My Profile. When clicking on that, you will see a screen that comes up shows your, your immediate account information. Just beneath the ID card is a button that says My Member Tools. That is where you will find user-specific information about your employment, your job. Under there, you'll find your contract, your business agent, any special forms, and that's where you'll find any forms related to this COVID-19 situation, if they're available for your industry. That's just a brief overview of the app at this moment. If you have any difficulties downloading or installing the app and you know your membership is valid and active, 
please contact support at teamsterslocal769.org. Again, if you have any difficulties downloading or registering for the app, please send an email to support, that's S-U-P-P-O-R-T, at teamsterslocal769.org. Special thanks this month goes to Josh Zivilich. And be sure to check out our newly redesigned website at www.teamsterslocal769.org for more on any of the information contained in this episode. And, as always, Teamsters Local 769 Solidarity Podcast is produced by the officers and staff of Local 769, including Josh Zivilich, Roly Pena, and Steve Myers, with contributions by Local 769 business agents and by me, Brian Besbiati. We encourage you to visit our website. There you will find show notes and additional info as well as links to our social media pages. You can also email us at podcast at teamsterslocal769.org or you can leave us a voicemail at 786-456-7936. If you leave a message we can use, we may include your comment or answer your question in an upcoming episode. Be sure to subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts or anywhere you find podcasts, and we encourage you to tell our sisters and brothers about the show as well. Our theme song, The Vendetta, was composed by Stefan Kartenberg, and additional music titled Onion Capers by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com were used in this episode, both licensed under Creative Commons Attribution License. Until next time, stay safe out there, and remember, in unity there is strength. Bye, folks. <laughs>